0: One of the universal experiences of life is fear. We probably have more reasons to fear right now than perhaps we've ever had in our lives. You can just feel the uncertainty all around us. I read about a little three-year-old girl, or I heard about a little three-year-old girl who got scared one night because of the loud thunder in the middle of the night. and She ran into her parents' bedroom and she's... Went to her mom's side of the bed. I used to do that too when I was little. How about you? I'd always go to mom's side of the bed. She went to her mom's side of the bed and she said, Mommy, I'm scared. And sleep. the sleepy mother reassured her and said, Honey, go back to bed. It'll be all right. God will be in there with you. The little girl started back towards the room and she stopped at the doorway. She said, Mommy, why don't I sleep in here with Daddy and you go be in there with God? I think we can all relate to that, can't we? Fear touches us all, and it touches us in different ways and at different times, but fear is a universal experience for us all. Fear really is an amazing thing when you think about it, because it can paralyze you so that you're too scared to move a muscle, or it can mobilize you, shooting adrenaline through your body and telling your system that you need to get on the move. Fear is an amazing thing. And I know that you would agree with me, we are living in a frightening time. There's the fear of getting COVID. For some, there's the fear of getting the COVID vaccine. There's the fear of what's happening to the stock market. There's the fear of what's happening to our nation. There's just the fear of the unknown. We still don't know how long all of this is going to last. We don't know how we will be impacted. We don't know how bad things are going to get. We don't know when normal will come back. I read this week that one of the fears that are really on the rise right now is the fear of people. I never thought I would hear that, but just the fear of people, the fear of being around people, the fear of getting something from people, or the fear of not knowing what people might do or how people might respond. Uh, Fear is just in our society. I was listening this week to a very prominent pastor, and he mentioned this. He said, there just seems to be a sense of fear in our church. Maybe you feel that too. There's a chapter in the Gospel of Luke that deals with the tension between fear and faith. It's found in Luke chapter 8. Would you open God's Word to the Gospel of Luke chapter 8? Today is the last message in this series, Face to Face. And what I want to talk to you about today in this last message of this series is face to face with fear. Luke shows us that in chapter 8 of his gospel. While you're turning to that, let me tell you that there are two unique things about this chapter. One is we get to listen in on four personal conversations that Jesus had with people. When we read what we're going to read in a moment, four different stories, four different conversations that Jesus had, we get to kind of listen in to these conversations. Two of the conversations were with groups of people and two of the conversations were with individuals. The second unique thing about this chapter is all four conversations focus on the struggle between fear and faith. All four conversations deal with the struggle between fear and faith. I want you to understand that these are not just four random stories that we find in Luke chapter 8, but the gospel writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wove these four stories together, stories about fear and faith, two of the stories show us the power of fear. And two of the stories show us the power of faith. I love the fact that God often speaks to us through storytelling. And the reason I like that is because so often the characters are just like us. They're desperate, they're sinful, they're hurting, and sometimes they're scared. And that's what we find in Luke chapter 8. People who are a lot like us, who find that fear sometimes comes easier than faith does. So, here's what I want to do. I'm going to tell you four stories. With each story, there is a key moment in the story. I'll point that out to you. And then there is a key lesson for each story. Then at the end, we'll tie it all together with one point of application. So let me tell you the very first story. Story number one is in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. Luke chapter 8, verse 22. One day, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side of the lake. So they got into a boat and they set out. Now... If you've ever been to Israel or if you've read anything about Israel, uh, the Sea of Galilee is one of the lowest places on planet Earth. It's 680 feet below sea level. It's not as low as the Dead Sea, but it is one of the lowest areas. It's 680 feet below sea level. And it's surrounded by hill and mountains. The entire lake is surrounded by hills and mountains. And the winds sometimes will blow over those hills and mountains and go down those slopes. And sometimes, when the atmosphere is just right, the wind coming down those mountains and across the water can cause violent and unexpected storms. That's what we read in verse 23. As they sailed... He fell asleep. Jesus fell asleep. A squall, notice the wording here, came down on the lake. In other words, the wind was coming across the mountains and it came down on the lake. A squall came down on the lake so that the boat was being swamped and they were in great danger. Mark's gospel calls this a furious squall. In other words, this wasn't your average storm. This was a violent storm. The wind started blowing harder, and the waves started getting bigger. And these men, some of them who had spent a lifetime on that lake, were terrified by this violent storm. A lot of you probably know this story, and you're very familiar with what happens. But let's look at the text again. The Bible says in verse 24, The disciples went and woke him, saying, Master, Master, we're going to drown. In other words, you can almost hear the fear in their voices. We're going to drown. These men, some of whom were dedicated fishermen, they were convinced, their lives were in danger, they were convinced that they likely were going to drown. And notice how Jesus responded. Second part of verse 24. He got up, rebuked the wind and the raging waters, the storm subsided, and all was calm. That Greek word there, all was calm, In the Greek New Testament it's in the aorist tense, which indicates immediate action. In other words, the result of the command was instantaneous. It was not a gradual dying down of the storm, but it was an instantaneous stop of the storm. The message translation translates it this way. The wind ran out of breath, and the sea was smooth as glass. Now, notice that after Jesus rebuked the wind and the waves, he turned and he rebuked the disciples. Look what he said, and here's that key moment. I told you every story has a key moment, every story has a key lesson. Here's the key moment, verse 25. Here's what he said to the disciples. Where is your faith? He asked his disciples. Where is your faith? After all you've seen me do. After all you've heard me say. Knowing I'm here in the boat with you. Why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? Now don't miss this. These were the original followers of Jesus. These were the men who had so much faith that they were willing to leave their boats and leave their nets and leave their families and follow Jesus. And now they're on that same body of water in a violent storm, and watch what happens. Fear overcame their faith. Have you ever had those times when your fear became greater than your faith? Have you ever had one of those times when fear just seemed to squeeze the faith right out of you? Maybe you're going through one of those times right now. Maybe it's because of a doctor's report, or maybe it's because of a situation in your marriage. Maybe it's because of your job or your finances. Maybe it's because of your health. But fear is just squeezing the faith right out of you. See, sometimes our greatest struggle is not what's happening around us, but rather what's happening inside us. So Jesus said to His disciples, Where is your faith? why are you so afraid? So here's the powerful lesson we learn from the first story. Every moment, every story has a key moment and every story has a key lesson. Here's the lesson. Fear is powerful. Fear is so powerful that it squeezed the faith right out of the disciples. The storm, the, the things that they were going through, it had the power to crowd out, to push out their faith. That's the first story. It's a story that shows us the power of fear. has the power to squeeze the faith right out of us. Here's the second story. It begins in verse 26. Well, let's finish verse 25. In fear and amazement, here the word fear means awe. In awe and amazement, they ask one another, Who is this? He commands even the winds and the water, and they obey him. Now, just let that question hang there for a moment. We talked about this Sunday night, but I'm going to say it again. Just let that question hang in the air there for a moment. Who is this, the disciples were asking, that the winds and the waves obey him? Just let that hang there for a moment. Now, the second story begins at verse 26. This is another story about the power of fear. Verse 26, they sailed to the region of the Gerasenes, which is across the lake from Galilee. When Jesus stepped ashore, he he was met by a demon-possessed man from the town, For a long time, this man had not worn clothes or lived in a house or had lived, but had lived in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he cried out and fell at his feet, shouting at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Remember that question back in verse 25? Who is this that the winds and the waves obey him? The demons answered that question. The demons answered the question of the disciples. The demons said, you're Jesus, you're Son of the Most High God. Now keep reading the story. It's an incredible story if you look at it. So he says, <clears throat> verse 28, when he saw Jesus, he cried out, fell at his feet, shouted at the top of his voice, What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had commanded the evil spirit to come out of the man, and many times it has seized him, and though he was chained hand and foot and kept under guard, he had broken his chains and had been driven by the demon into solitary places. So the, Jesus asked him a question. The question was, what is your name? Verse 30, what is your name? Jesus asked the man his name, but notice it was the demons who replied, which shows that they were really in control of his life. Legion, he replied, because many demons had gone into him. And they begged him repeatedly not to order them to go into the abyss. Now, verse 32 and 33, I want you to try to put yourself in the shoes of the people tending the pigs in this area. Verse 32, a large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside. Mark's gospel, in Mark's account of this, Mark tells us that there were about 2,000 pigs there. A large herd of pigs, Luke says. Mark says it was about 2,000. A large herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and the demons begged Jesus to let them go into them, and he gave them permission. When the demons came out of the man, they went into the pigs, and the herd rushed down the steep bank and into the lake, and was drowned. Imagine what, how terrifying that must have been to witness. The, the noises. The shrieks and the noises. That you would have heard. These demons and these pigs making. And all of a sudden watching. 2,000 pigs running violently. Down this hill. And into the lake. And, and you look down there. There's 2,000 or so pigs that have drowned. Floating in the water. It would have been a terrifying thing to witness. Look what happens. Verse 34, when those tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. I would have too, wouldn't you, if I'd heard that story. When they came to Jesus, now watch this carefully. Watch this carefully. When they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were what? Afraid. I would have thought that it would say they saw him sitting there dressed and in his right mind and they were amazed they were amazed at what Jesus had done they were amazed at his power they were amazed that someone so violent so demon filled could now be put in his right mind that he could be healed they saw what had happened and they were amazed But that's not what it says When they they saw the man from whom the demons had gone out sitting at Jesus' feet and dressed in his right mind, they were afraid. And here we get the first hint, the power of fear. Luke is giving us a hint here with this word of the power of fear. When they saw what had happened, they were afraid. Now the amazing thing really is what happened next. Verse 36, those who had seen it told the people how the demon-possessed man had been cured. They They told everyone what Jesus had done. Verse 37, watch this. Then all the people of the region of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. Here's the key moment in the story. This is the key moment when everything changed. The Bible says that when they saw what Jesus had done, they asked Jesus to leave them because they were overcome with fear. I would have thought when they saw all that Jesus had done, they would have ran and got their grandfather or their child or their brother or whoever needed healing or whoever needed demons cast out of them or whoever needed uh, some kind of a help that he could provide. They would have run and got them or... They would have sat at his feet and said, if you could do that, tell us more about this God that you serve. And they would have sat there and let Jesus teach them. But that is not what they did. Here is the power of fear. They saw what Jesus did. It was undeniable. And they were afraid. But not just afraid. Look at the text again. It says, because they were overcome with fear. They asked Jesus to lead them because they were overcome with fear. They were gripped by fear. Now, what were they afraid of? This is interesting. Two things more than likely. First of all, they were probably afraid of the supernatural power they saw displayed. After all, this man had been in this condition for a long time and nobody had ever been able to help him. The best that they could do was put chains on him and try to confine him and he broke those. Nobody had been able to handle this man. Nobody had been able to help this man and all of a sudden they see a power they had never heard of before, a power they've never seen demonstrated like that before and when they saw the supernatural power of God, they were fearful. And so they asked him to leave. Perhaps, also, they were afraid of financial loss. When they stood on the hillside and they saw 2,000 pigs floating in the water, they probably wondered, I wonder what ne- what's next? I mean, he's so powerful, he can do anything he wants to do. Who's to say what he's going to do next? Maybe it will be my herd. Maybe he'll do something to destroy my house. And so the Bible says that they were so overcome with fear that they, they asked him to leave. Mark is a little bit more direct in his gospel. Mark chapter 5 verse 17 says, Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. To plead with Jesus to leave. I wonder how often we miss what God could do in our lives because we fear the supernatural power of God. I wonder how often you and I get fearful that, you know, if I surrender to Jesus totally, I don't know what He's going to do. You, you know, if I say yes and, and follow the Lord in this, in this endeavor, I don't know how it's all going to work out. I, I don't know what He might do in my life. I don't know what He might demand of me. I wonder if sometimes we miss the supernatural power of God because... Of our fear. And then these there are these sad, sad words in verse 37. Did you? We haven't read them yet. The sad part of verse 37 is this. So he got in the boat and left. Put in parentheses there in the column. Never to return. There's no indication in the scripture that he ever went back to that region. So he got in the boat and left. Never to return. Here's the lesson from this story. Fear is powerful. But the second lesson from the second story is this. Fear is costly. Fear is costly. Fear can cause you to miss out on what Jesus could do in your life. Fear can keep you from allowing Jesus to do what He wants to do. In your life. Fear can keep you from allowing Jesus to do what he needs to do in your life. Fear is costly. It can cause you to miss out on the supernatural power of God. But there's four stories, right? We've only looked at two of them so far. The first two stories deal with the power of fear. Then Luke tells us two more stories, And it's interesting that these stories are not about the power of fear, but these next two stories are about the power of faith. Let's look at the story beginning in verse 40. Luke chapter 8 verse 40. There's actually a story within a story. I'll show you that in just a moment. Luke chapter 8 verse 40. Now when Jesus returned, that is he came back across the lake, A crowd welcomed him, for they were all expecting him. Then a man named Jairus, a ruler of the synagogue, came and fell at Jesus' feet, pleading with him to come to his house, because his only daughter, a girl of about twelve years, was dying. As Jesus was on his way, that is, he was heading towards Jairus' house, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for twelve years. But no one could heal her. One of the other gospels says she went to every doctor, that all the doctors tried to help her, but nobody could help her. She had spent almost all the money she had, but nobody could help her. Now watch what happens. A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Who touched me? Jesus asked. When they all denied it, Peter said, Master, the people are crowding and pressing against you. I love Peter, don't you? Peter's like, who touched you? They're about to knock you down. They're they're mobbing you. How can you say, who touched me? And it was as if Jesus said, no, no, no. Peter, I'm not talking about people just touching me. I, I sensed the touch of faith. Somebody touched me in faith. I sensed power go out of me because of someone's faith. You see unlike the first two stories this is a story about the power of faith. So we pick up the story verse 46 Jesus said someone touched me I know that power has gone out from me. It wasn't just a regular touch it was a touch of faith. Verse 47 Then the woman seeing that she could not go unnoticed came, what's that next word? She came what? Trembling. Fear. She came in fear. In fact Mark is more direct in his gospel. Mark says, she came trembling with fear. Notice that fear plays a role in this story too, but it's not the end of the story. Fear is in this story as well, but it's not the end of the story. Here's a key moment in the story. Watch what happens. This is the key moment. Verse 47, then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, came trembling and fell at his feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been healed, instantly healed. Then he said to her, and here's the key moment, Daughter, word of affection, your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Twelve years of suffering erased in one moment of faith. Daughter, your faith has healed you. You remember the lesson of the first story that fear is powerful? Fear has the ability to squeeze the faith right out of you? Here's the lesson we learned from the third story faith is powerful. See, Luke is weaving these stories together under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to show us the power of fear and to show us the power of faith. To show us this tension that we all feel sometimes, this tension that we all have to deal with between fear and faith. In the first story, we saw that faith can, or fear can f- squeeze the faith right out of you. But in this story, we see how powerful faith can be. Twelve years of suffering ended in one moment of Faith. I've been reading a book this week by Ronnie Floyd. And on Monday, the first day I read the book, the very first sentence of the book was this. God can do more in a moment than I could ever do in a lifetime. That's the power of faith. So that's three stories, but there's a fourth story. It's the story of Jairus. Remember Jairus? We started the story looking at Jairus and it kind of got interrupted with the story of this woman. Pick up the story in verse 49. Remember now, they, they're on their way to Jairus's house. Jesus is on his way to Jairus's house. They got interrupted by this woman. Verse 49, while Jesus was still speaking, someone from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, your daughter is dead, he said. This final story is another example of the power of Faith. Jairus got the worst news any parent could ever receive. "Your daughter is dead." She didn't make it. No parent wants to hear that. You can imagine the heartbreak and the agony and the tears that begin to flow for Jaris. Then Jairus got some unsolicited advice: "Don't bother the teacher anymore. There's no use no need of him coming home. Don't bother the teacher anymore. Then, you, you've got to think about how devastating that was as Jairus stood there, thinking about the events that have just transpired. Thinking about how if they hadn't stopped for this lady, they might have made it there in time. You've got to think about the anger he must have had, the The frustration that must have been going through his body. This is not a parable. This was a real story. This really happened. You've got to remember, here was a dad who had one girl who was 12 years old and she was dying. And now he's got the worst news of all. She's dead. He's left with the story of why. Or the question of why. Why. And at that key moment, Jesus gave Jairus some unsolicited advice. Verse 50. Here's the key moment of the story. Hearing this, Jesus said to Jairus, Don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. Jairus, God's ability is not limited by man's perspective. They just told you don't bother the teacher anymore. But don't be afraid. Just believe. Here's what you need to learn, church. Fear and faith are not good companions. Fear and faith are like oil and water. They don't go together. So Jesus said, don't be afraid. I understand why you're afraid. But don't be afraid. Just believe. And do you know what was hanging in the balance at that critical moment? The life of his daughter. Now here's the lesson. It probably is not going to come as a surprise to you. Here's the lesson of the fourth story. Faith is powerful, yes. The lesson of the fourth story is that faith is also costly. It's costly. It requires a lot from you to trust in the face of fear. It requires a lot from you to take that step of faith. It's hard to have faith when there seems to be no reason to do so. It's hard to have faith when when there's every reason not to believe. Sometimes it's hard to trust God, but listen to me, it's always worth it, isn't it? It's always worth it. So we have four stories here two stories about the power of fear, and two stories about the power of faith. See, fear is a struggle for all of us from time to time. Under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Luke wove together these four stories. To show us what fear is like and how it affects our lives. And to show us what faith is like and how it can affect our lives. Can I remind you that as we look at all of these four stories, that in the very first story, that these were the closest followers of Jesus. These were the ones who knew Him best and yet they still had fear. Can I remind you that as we look at these four stories... That there were some who chose to say, leave us alone, walk away from us. The closest followers had fear and those who didn't want anything to do with them, they struggled with fear too. Can I remind you that some had, there was women who struggled with fear and faith and there were men who struggled with fear and faith. There were Jews and there were Gentiles. Fear is a struggle for all of us from time to time. Fear is a struggle we all have to deal with. So here's my one point. I told you those four stories to make one point. Here's my one point I want you to get. When you experience the tension between fear and faith, let go of the fear. When you experience the tension between fear and faith, let go of the fear. Remember, God is greater than whatever it is you're facing. God is greater than whatever it is you're struggling with. And He is in control in every story, all four stories. God is greater, God is greater, God is greater, God is greater. But we have to decide if we're going to believe that or not. We have to decide if we will exhibit fear or exhibit faith. You see, it is possible to experience peace in this world that's filled with panic. When you feel that tension building up inside of you between fear and faith, let go of the fear. Just let go of it. Say, how do I do that, Pastor? Well, just ask David. You don't have to turn there, but I want to quote a verse for you. It's Psalm 56, verse 3. Psalm 56, verse 3. David was a man in Psalm 56 who had a lot of enemies and they were after him and they were trying to take his life and it was a very fearful time. And in Psalm 56 verse 3, David says one sentence that you need to memorize. It's one sentence that you need to incorporate into your prayers this week. It's one sentence you need to hang on to when you experience the tension between fear and faith. Here was David's one sentence that you need to hear. When I am afraid... I will trust in you. When I'm afraid, because fear is powerful, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. See, faith keeps fear from controlling us. Satan wants to use your fear to control you. Satan wants to use your fear to make you miss out on what God could do in your life. Satan wants to use your fear to squeeze the faith right out of you. Faith keeps fear from controlling us. So when you experience that tension between fear and faith, just let go of your fear. I want to close by asking you to go to Psalm 62. It's a verse I found on Monday during my quiet time. and Psalm 62, I've tried this week just to spend some focused time with the Lord. And when I came to Psalm 62 on Monday, I knew this was a verse I needed to hang on to. A passage I needed to hang on to. Psalm 62, another Psalm of David. Just read it slowly. And think about the tension between faith and fear. David says, my soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. Because whatever I'm facing, God's bigger than that. Whatever I'm struggling with, I can trust God with it. And when I have that tension between fear and faith, I'm going to let go of my fear. So how do I do that? Verse 8. Trust in Him at all times, O people. Pour out your hearts to Him. For God is our refuge. Trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him. And you'll find God to be your refuge. So Today or this week, when you feel that tension building up between fear and faith, let go of your fear. It's a conscious choice. It's a conscious choice to trust God. It's your choice. Choose wisely. Would you agree with me? Father, I thank you that in those days when we struggle with fear, in those days when fear seems to be controlling us, in those days when we watch the news and we are just overwhelmed by all that's going on in our world. Help us to choose faith over fear. Help us to trust You more than we trust anything else. And I pray that we would experience the supernatural power of God and the supernatural power peace of God as we let go of our fear and as we trust in you. Thank you for what you're going to do in the lives of those that are watching and those that are here present today. Help us remember, when I am afraid, I will trust in you. We Thank you in Jesus' name.